Well, friends, will you turn with me just for a short time to the chapter we read together, the 21st chapter of Genesis. And in verse 17, we have those words. And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. I'd like to try to speak to those words. God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. I'm very sure that when we read this experience, this story of Hagar, that to a large extent we must feel tremendous sympathy for her and for the sore and trying experience that she had. She suffered not simply the consequences of her own folly, uh, but uh, she was the victim of jealousy, of the jealousy of Sarah. We cannot but feel sorry for her as we see how, because of jealousy, she was thrust out of her home into the wilderness without any resources and with a little baby, a little child to look after. Seems astonishing to us when you think that in those days the way things happened, Abraham was the father of this child and yet the jealousy that entered when later on Sarah managed to have a child and just to thrust out this woman from her home from where she dwelt with a little infant and all she had as we read here was a bottle of water and a small portion to eat we read that here wait till I get it and Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away and she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Let us notice, first of all, here is a poor soul and when we see her, she is what? She is wandering in the wilderness nowhere to go <coughs> no direction what to follow a poor soul wandering in the wilderness my dear friends at all at this point we think how desperately sad that was as you think of it if some of you here had a relative or someone near with a little child and you thrust them out of your, of, their, of your home 
and gave them a bottle of water and a little parcel of bread. How would you feel? And here is a poor soul wandering without direction. Now let us leave it for a moment. I wonder how many people in this church today are on the road of life wandering. No direction, no destination in front of them. Oh, you are different from Hagar. You're not in life with a bottle of water and a little parcel of bread. But the multitudes of our people today who are still wandering aimlessly <coughs> through life. No <coughs> sense of direction. <coughs> you all know probably well what the Word of God says. He says there is a narrow way that leads to life eternal. There's a broad way that leads to a lost eternity. And I want every one of us in this church this morning where you sit to ask yourself and answer the question honestly. Which direction are you traveling? Have you got your feet in the right way? Do you know the direction you're traveling in? Or like poor Hagar, are you wandering aimlessly along the road of life? And the second thing I want you to notice is, here is a woman not only without direction, but here is a woman without hope. Verse 15, and the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. A woman without hope. What future lay for her? She couldn't bear to see the death of the child, so she put him under a bush. She had resources. A woman without hope. Nothing to look forward to. <coughs> Could I ask every one of us here, Oh yes, you've got material resources. Maybe more material resources than you ever had in your life before. My dear friends, what hope have you for the eternity that lies ahead of you? What are you facing? None of us know. But there's one thing that every converted person in this church can say today. I've got a hope that's resting on a sure foundation. And what is that foundation? None perish and trust in Christ. What is your hope for eternity? What is your hope if death were to meet you today? Tomorrow, next week. Have you the blessed hope of life everlasting? 
here this poor woman without direction without hope and notice something further a very simple thing a woman without resources a little bottle a little parcel of bread that's all the resources she had what about you what about me what resources have we you know whether what the word of God says I'm perfectly sure you all do what shall it trouble a man if he gave the whole world you may have ten, many material resources you may have bigger bank books than you ever had you may have a bigger salary a bigger wage what spiritual resources have you for life I discovered friends that in my ministry over the many years that sometimes if you can tell of some simple but true thing that happened it can be helpful many years ago in Muraboard I got a phone call one day from a certain lady and she said something like this Mr. Nicholson she said I apologize for right for phoning you but you know my father's in Rigmore and there's little prospect is near the end we understand now she said I know we were supposed to be free church but she said we never went she said I don't think since a child I was in the church ten times my mother's dead you know many years ago I know we've got no right but I wonder if you go and see my father please I'll cut it short I went to see him I knew him I'd called quite a few times in his home without any possible success anyhow I went to see him and after a little while just had a little word of prayer I was so concerned about it that and there were other people praying more at the same time that I went three times that week and the third time I was there when I finished the brief prayer I opened my eyes and I saw the tears coming down his eyes I wasn't very sure what to say but all I said was Colin I said call him his first name I see you're upset could you unburden yourself could you tell me how you feel Mr. Nicholson he said I know I've been a fool all my life I know that I haven't long to live and I feel the regret and remorse well anyhow I'll cut it short I tried to as simple as I could to tell him about the gospel how that Jesus Christ died on that cross I pointed out the dying thief at the last moment and I said Colin there's still hope well anyhow I went to see him the very next day <coughs> and the funny thing was this I'll cut all this brief he said to me you know you may find it difficult to believe but and I finding it so difficult at times can it possible but 
I do believe that God has had mercy and that through Jesus Christ my sin will be forgiven. She, he said, I, I know, but I believe it. But he said to me, Mr. Nicholson, he said, will you give me a promise? And I said, yes, Colin, if I can. He said, when you go back, don't leave the like of me and people like me in Muraford alone. Go after them. Keep after them. Please keep after them. You see, my dear friends, unless you and I are traveling in the right direction, unless we have the spiritual resources to face what lies before us, what hope is there for us? No comfort. Not a soul had poor Hagar in that wilderness journey. Her little child dying with thirst and hunger. She had no comfort, no one there. <coughs> That's not the experience of God's people. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can say and say with truth words that every one of us have known from our earliest day. Yea, though I walk in death's dark veil, yet will I fear none ill, for thou art with me. Now what a wonderful thing in life it is to travel along the road of life knowing that we have someone with us friend who'll never leave us, a friend who'll never forsake us. My God will supply all your need out of the riches of his grace. Can every one of us, and my message is very simple, but I want every one of you to ask, are you alone on the road of life today? Have you the presence of the Savior with you? Do you know that no matter what lies before you, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you? Now our time is gone, I'll be very appreciative if you bear with me a moment. We've been looking at this woman, we saw she was a soul without direction, she was a person without resources. She was a person without hope. She's a person without comfort. She had no one with her. And then what happened? God stepped in. Look at verse 17. And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not. The first word she got, was a word of encouragement. Fear not. Now we never know in a congregation of this size what some of our brethren here may be going through. There may be some of you facing experiences. There may be some of you facing difficulties. There may be some of you carrying worries or burdens that no one else knows about. But all I can say to you, brother, here's God's word, a word of encouragement. Fear not, 
no matter what your problem is, no matter what your difficulty is, no matter what your worry is, no matter what your anxiety is, a word of encouragement from God, fear not. <coughs> and if we can leave this building today, laying hold of that word of encouragement, our service will be well worthwhile. And the second thing I want you to notice is this. She was given not only a word of encouragement, but look at verse 18. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. She was given a wonderful promise. When she laid the child under that bush, she thought the child would die. And here God steps in. I will make him a great nation. What a marvelous, what a wonderful promise. And God never fails in his promises. My dear friends, listen. We could stand in this pulpit for long enough going through the great and marvelous and wonderful promises of God's word. But all I'm going to say to you that God offers us those promises. They never fail. Can I again, by mentioning something personal, I, I, I do it because I often feel it illustrates or emphasize points that I'm trying to make. There's a certain man again, a young fellow, I'll be very brief, many years ago, He's now an elder in the free church. But he came to me that night. He told me it was the fifth time he had come to the manse and turned away every time. But he had forced himself to come that night. And he told me his problem. And by, by I can tell you this, it was a desperate, difficult problem. He said, I know, he came to church regular. He said, I know what you say and what I hear in the pulpit is true, that no matter how much we've sinned or how terrible we've sinned, that God can forgive us because of what Jesus Christ did in that cross. I believe that, Mr. Nicholson. But let me say this to you. If all, every sin I committed was forgiven me, if tonight I got from God that all my sins were forgiven, that's not my problem. It's the difficulty that lies before me. The problem that lies before me. And he told me what it was. And believe me, it was. And I said to him, look. I said, I tell you this, that no matter what you have done, Jesus Christ can forgive you. And I tell you this, that you've got a real difficulty in front of you. You've got a problem. I've got not got the answer for it except one thing. And he looked at me and said, what's that? I said, I know God will work out. And then it was a strange thing. There came at that moment before my mind. What? When the children of Israel left the land of Egypt. Do you remember they were pursued by the Egyptians? 
how in all the world could they get away from the Egyptians? And what happened? The Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea. How you and I got away from our past? God cast our sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. But notice, think of the children of Israel. Can you imagine when they heard the Egyptians were pursuing them? Can you imagine someone shouting, let us push on and we may get away from them? And I can imagine one of them turning around, how can we? We're shedding the Red Seas in front of us, what hope have we? And what happened? God opened a wonderful way through the Red Sea. Do you remember? And where did that way lead them to? The land of Canaan? It led them to the land of promise. And all I could say to that young man was this. I don't know, I realize your difficulty, but all I tell you this, that God will open the way and pass it up. And you know the way where he'll land you? Into the land of promise. And what a wonderful, marvelous and great thing it is, brethren, to step out into life, laying hold of those precious promises of God. We're just about finished. Hagar was given encouragement. Fear not. She was given a gracious promise. And all I'm going to say, if there's any brother or sister here and they don't know at this moment the reality of what we've been saying, here is a precious promise promise that whosoever cometh me I will in no wise cast out that's his promise and our final thing is this she was given encouragement she was given promise and look at verse 19 and God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water She was given vision. God opened her eyes. Listen, she was in the wilderness. She was going to die of thirst. All she had was a little bottle, and the bottle was finished. Isn't it amazing that there was a well of water in that wilderness? Now she never saw and God opened her eyes. My dear friends, it may be that there are some of us here today and we may be saying, well, there are people in the church I know and they told me this of their experience, but I'm blinded. I can't see. Well, listen. God opened her eyes. And if you sit in this pew and you're one of those who have never yet been able to see the amazing, marvelous, wonderful love of Christ on that cross when he took our sin, the wages of sin is death, wages of what we earn. And he took our wages and he shed his 
precious blood on that cross and all I'm going to say is this the Lord open our eyes may God open our eyes and what shall we say I was born and brought up in a Christian home I had a knowledge of the Bible of Sunday school and family worship all my life but when I was about 17 or 18 I began to rebel until with the mercy of God he opened mine eyes I could write as we did the essays of the welfare and all about the Bible but it was meaningless to me until I felt my sin and the Bible said behold the Lamb of God and on that cross I saw Jesus Christ taking my wages my sin dying in my room of stand shedding his precious blood and you know what I always remember that simple but lovely little hymn there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plums beneath that stream lose all their guilty stains the dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there may I as vile as he wash all my sins away the Lord opened our eyes as she saw the provision may God open our eyes to see the provision that he has made for you and me for now and for the eternity that lies ahead shall we pray oh Lord our God we just earnestly pray that by the power of thy Holy Spirit that our eyes may be open that we may see the provision that God has made that we may be able to lay hold of that very precious promise that we may know that no longer shall we wander in a desert place bless us for Jesus sake Amen